PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition, another episode of the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and REP Suspension. How are you wonderful people doing out there today? Thank you for downloading this episode. And, of course, thank you for subscribing. And if you have anybody out there that, you know, maybe rides dirt bikes, he or she, or just likes family kind of talk, or today, a little bit off topic, some conversations we're going to have, please let them know and uh, get them to subscribe and download some episodes. It really does help us out. First things first, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one and only one-stop shop for you guys out there with Street bikes, dirt bikes, dual sports, side-by-sides, even those spiders, whatever you got, Rocky Mountain has it. But first, go to KieferInkTesting.com, click on that Rocky Mountain banner, and that leads you back over to Rocky Mountain. Continue to live your life, continue to shop, and that helps us out. Huge keeps these things up and moving, shows them that you like the show. Hell, it may... uh, may allow me to re-up for 2024, so please do that. It really does help, so thank you for the people that are actually doing that. And fxrracing.com if you want to get some new gear. 2024 stuff should be out in two weeks, so you can go to fxrracing.com and use the code KKMX35. That'll save you 35%. If you're a lady, you love to ride, you love to moto, and you want to beat those dudes' asses and want to look better, I have a special code for you. Chris at KieferInkTesting.com is the email. Give me some proof that you're a lady. I, I mean, not a <laughs> selfie. I don't need a selfie. <laughs> I just need a picture of you riding wow. your dirt bike and uh, that you're a lady. Throw that ponytail up. Let it dangle outside your helmet. Whatever it is, just give it to me, and I will get you a better code than the guys over there. And Mark and the gang over at REP Suspension, if you want to get your KTM, Husqvarna, Gas Gas, Yamaha, Kawasaki, Honda, whatever you got, Mark does it right over there, REP. Very smart man. I met a dude Thursday that was looking me in my eyes. It looked like he was looking through me. You ever look at those people that they look right through, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's either pissed or he's thinking. This is Mark. He's always looking through me because he's thinking about what I'm saying when I go testing. He's a very smart dude. Uh, I have a set of his stuff on my KTM 350 right now that I love. I just let my kid ride it up the street just now because it's raining here in Southern California, and he was like, wow. So uh, you want to get your KTM done, get a linkage, whatever. KKREP is the code to save over there at REP Racing, and let Mark and the guys do your suspension. And all of my 2024 sponsors, thank you very much. Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Lit Pro, Blood Lubricant, 6D Helmets, International Vet Motocross Association, you're an old dude. You like to race with other old dudes. That's a great association. They have uh, races coming up all over California, Nevada, Idaho, uh, Utah, whatever. Uh, Nevada, they have the races, and you can have a good time with your buddies. Dunlop Motorsports, get yourself a fresh tire if you're going to Mammoth. MX-34 is the recommended tire. A lot of you guys are hitting me up lately about that. Pro Taper. 
Pro Taper is coming back in stock with Evos. I just looked over at Rocky Mountain ATV right now, and Husqvarna stock Evo Bend is back in stock. So if you guys are searching for some PT stuff, uh, Rocky Mountain has it. Screenprintingdone.com. Heather right here. She's with us today. Hello. Some new merch coming out. Um, it's slowly getting cooler right now. So we have a, a nice pullover sweatshirt. It's not a, it's not a hoodie. It's a, it's, a, it's a crew neck. It's very soft, very uh, uh, stretchy, I guess you want to say. Comfortable. It's one of those ones you put on before you go to sleep and just hang out with by the bonfire or you're having a barbecue outside. That's what we got working with. Chill. Right Screenprintingdone.com. Neil over there can ha- take care of you guys as well if you want something done. Decal Works, Alpine Stars, Oakley Goggles, Polysport, and ETS Racing Fuels. That is what's <laughs> fueled up in our test bikes right now, um, ETS MX-18. So thank you to everybody that uh, helps us out and keeps this show up and moving. So this show is a little bit different. So if you have... Uh, Virgin ears, if you have a young one with you, or if you don't like um, just sensitive topics, maybe you don't want to listen to the show, but I thought, for me, I have a, a good buddy here, Michael Allen. Hello. Hello, Chris. Um, and I have Heather in here, of course, my uh, wife. Hello. And Oreo, but he's not going to talk because he looks like he's half dead. He's out. Uh, wow. But uh, this topic is actually a very sensitive one, especially, you know, not only in America with the opioid crisis, but... Just within our sport, because as you guys know, our sport is dangerous. And if you do do this sport for a living or you just do it because it's part of your life, sooner or later, you're going to crash and you're, you're going to break a bone or pull something or do something. And you're going to go to the hospital and they're going to prescribe you. Uh, they're going to prescribe you some kind of medicine, right, to uh, alleviate the pain. And. As you guys know, if you guys uh, haven't lived under a rock for the past 40 years, that happens a lot within our sport. And a lot of these dudes that are are racing full-time that are in the limelight have gone downhill because of this stuff. Because you get prescribed something, and then the first time, then your body reacts a certain way to it. And then you get hurt again, and you get prescribed it again. And then you get three or four injuries under you. And then pretty soon, the last four years, you've been on pain meds for an X amount of time, and then you find yourself in a, in a deep, dark hole, right? So uh, I have a story near and dear to my heart. Michael Allen, just a little bit of story about Michael. I know you're here. I'm going to act like you're not here for uh, a second. I'm not here, yep. Uh, <laughs> so I was that dirt rider for 13 years, 14 years, <clears throat> maybe longer. But longer than 10 years being an employee, but longer than that being a test rider. And uh, when I was working at Dirt Rider, uh, Michael Allen came along. He was helping us do some stuff under the, the tutelage of Chris Dennison, uh, one of the best probably bosses I've ever had just because he leads really – he leads from the front, a good leader, but that's neither here nor there. Michael came along, uh, one of the very few people that I could actually count on, talk to. Um, if you say you're going to do something, Michael would, would do that. Uh, as you guys know, and you hear me talk about this on, on my show, is – I would love to hire someone right now. I have, I think I have the budget to do that here at Kiefer Inc., but it's just very tough for me to find that certain someone that I could pay, which isn't a lot of money, um, <clears throat> that would actually do the work and not just think, hey, we're riding dirt bikes for a living and that's all I'm doing. I'm going to post up to social media and look cool, do a banger or whatever. So it's very hard to find someone in this age demographic, uh, early 20s, early 30s <clears throat> in that area to to do some of this work that I do. So when I was at Dirt Rider, Michael, you were obviously in your 20s. Yeah, I was like 20, 
24. Yeah, so when you're 24 years old, it's hard to find someone responsible and that you could count on. So Michael was that guy for us in, in many, many ways, mostly off-road because Mike comes from an off-road background. Um, so that's how I got to know Michael. And over the years, we just kind of grew closer and closer. And when it was time for me to leave Dirt Rider and I felt like I wanted to go, um, I really didn't have anyone to help me that I could count on, and I didn't have any money, right? So Michael was the first one to step up and, and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. I will leave, uh, even though um, Pete Coxerson, whatever his name is. Uh, Coxerson? I didn't like what happened to you at the end. Like As soon as I found out kind of everything went down, I was out. Right. I, I didn't have any interest in but, staying. I got offered a full-time position there. and I'm That's like, what I'm I don't saying. Want it. So here's what I'm saying is like, you got offered that position. You just said no. What was I, the position I, you got offered? I don't know. Something. To be Pete Cocker. It would have been associate, associate editor. It would have been bullshit anyway because <laughs> it would have been done by now. I was, uh, yeah, I was not going to quit my job. So anyway, Michael chose to go with me. I didn't know really what the fuck I was going to do, right? I knew that I wanted to start my own media side to this and do the podcast side because no one was doing that in the testing world. No one was having a podcast about testing dirt bikes and the valuations that we're doing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't around. So Michael decided to go with me, which I thought was a huge, huge move, and it really showed me what, what you're made of, and it showed me what kind of person you are. And ever since then, we've been really tight. Yep. So I've known you for uh, 15 years? Something like that now, yeah. 15 years. I, I should say I thought I knew you for yeah. 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, but when nonetheless, you, yeah, the, you the, met the real me. I did. Originally. Right. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, um, so now we're full circle. We're here. Kiefer Inc's established a little bit. We're going on seven years or so on this thing. And, uh, Michael has been a big part of that with me, uh, especially on the off-road side. Cause I can't simply do everything from moto and off-road. I'm a single dude over here. Uh, not married wise, just single worker over here. Sorry, Heather. <laughs> Heath. Sorry, Heather. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, You've been a big part of that, so thank you first well, thank, and foremost. Well, thank you for. Um, I want to make you cry me. on this episode. You probably will accepting me into your circle. <laughs> I mean, you guys are the godparents to at least yes. my son, which so. is very special to me because uh, I'm, I've never been a godparent. You know me; I'm not a super religious dude, right? But the the word godparent for me is just taking care of your child in case something happens, right? And uh, Oliver is awesome, and we love him, so we're like, hell yeah, we're in. Um, so. The reason why, and this is the, this is the backstory I wanted to start this whole show at. The reason why we're here doing this show is because Michael found his way somehow addicted to pain medication. And we're going to tell his story. We're going to walk you through the timeline and what happened and Michael's thoughts because we got together after uh, he's clean. So this is the whole point. He's clean now. We, went, we got through the other side of this thing, right? Uh, there's many, many uh, different fingers to this story, and I want to tell Michael's story. We decided, hey, let's let's talk about this. I don't do these hard-hitting, gnarly shows here at all on this, but I thought, you know, this is part of our sport, and there could be someone out there that listens to our show that could be going through some of this shit or has gone through it and then maybe can relate because, granted, I, I can't fully relate to your situation, but there's certain things that I go through that I listen to from other people right. that help me get through what I'm doing. Yeah. So maybe this show, me and you and Heather talking about these kind of things, could help someone out there. And if it doesn't help anyone besides one person, then this fucking show is a, a success for me. There is somebody out there listening who is going through this right, right. now. I guarantee it. So 
we decided to do this show. So again, if you're not into this type of talk and hard hitting, you know, deep diving life kind of shit, then you might not want to listen to this show. Or if you have someone else uh, that is younger, there might be some f bombs. Yep. So we apologize, and there might be some gnarly things talked about uh, with just marriages, life, uh, how he got, you know, addicted to this stuff, and the whole process is going to be laid out here. So just wanted to give you a, a, a forewarning before we we keep going. All right. So now we got through that. Heather, how are you? I'm good. How are I you? I brought you in here just because we've known Mike for a long time. And yes. it would be nice if you have questions, and I don't know if you do or not. Well, she uh, was the one I was scared of oh, to yeah. tell about the whole thing. That's so. true. We'll yep. get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Heather's here, Michael, of course. And, um, uh, yeah, so um, let's, let's, let's kick it off. So give us your backstory on how you got into writing. And let's just start there let's All just how you got into riding and what what you're doing i've ridden since i was a, a kid just to the desert like i never raced a dirt bike until 21 or something just rode in the desert we 21 i didn't race until i was 21 oh okay i'm telling you no, 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 no that's what i thought no. too. i was like <laughs> no no uh, yeah, yeah i got you sorry. just raised going to the desert like three or four times a year as a family my mom didn't really like the desert but uh my brother my dad and i would go with a bunch of friends and my brother would take me places that make me cry but make me a better rider yeah and, tough love. Uh, tough love. Oh, yeah. Right. Plenty of tough love. And uh, really got into racing in probably 2011, probably 2010 or something like that. And uh, got into it really hard. Like, was your, Did your dad ride or anything? He rode, yeah. We, he always rode. He never raced? No, never raced. Um, and just like probably got into it because once I saw racing, I was like, this is amazing. We went to a prospector's. Grand Prix. A buddy asked me, like, hey, you want to go with me? You've never done a race? And I was like, yeah. And I got hooked. Like that Gorman? Yeah, Gorman. Yep. Like, I was so... So, for those of you that are not in California, District 37 is our off-road organization out here in Southern California, and that does all off-road, yep. and Prospector's part of District 37. Yep. So, and it was, uh, it was a Grand Prix, and it was, the, like, every in the morning, everybody did, um, what was it called, unclassified for practice. Yeah, right. I was so dumb. Show. I thought it was a race. I was oh. like, so I was ripping in the mud, and yeah. I was like, dude, I'm going to win. And I get done, and everybody's like, yeah, that wasn't a race, dude. And that was all, I didn't even race Well, it is day. kind of a race. It kind of is. But, but no one used just, it as that. Yeah. Right. So I went out, I thought I won practice, and I went home. Like, oh. and I was addicted. I didn't even have, like, a real class. So you rode on class and bailed. Now, yeah, I thought that was the race. Oh, wow. And then after that, I was like, oh, they actually have classes for, like, abilities and ages. And I was like, oh, I'm in. So I got How old in. were you then? 20, 2021? 21. Okay. And I was like full into it. Like, I'm, I want to race all the time. So I got really into racing GPs. Then I started getting into racing Heron Hounds. So I raced National Heron Hounds for a while. I was a decently fast 250 guy. Like, two, two stroke. Yeah, usually top 20 overall, a couple top 10s. X. 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 And, uh, yes, yeah, you're right, X. <laughs> and uh, then that leads to 2014. Yeah. Uh, first time I racing on a big bike it was a 350 KTM. I don't know if they were six feet or five feet. Is that really speed. a big bike, 350? No for wonder me, you looked at me weird when I said you want to run my KTM 350 out <laughs> for me, For me, it was a big bike, and I was like, first time, it was like a local race. It 2014 KTM 350. Yes. Oh, that's a piece X, of shit. XC. That was a piece of shit bike. Sketchy at speed, I can tell you about that. Well, yeah. You, so, could have helped you back then. Bomb run, like, <laughs> I'm like, take off, and I'm like leading the bomb, and I've never really led the bomb. Yeah. With the bomb, if you guys don't know, is like oh. a big land rush start in the dust, like, just... Across the desert. So let me paint you this picture real quick. For the for you guys listening back east and you never experienced a heron hound out here in Southern California, the 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 start line they put all experts in one row, right? So that's a flag start, 
like Mike said, and then everyone takes off. And back in the day, they called it the bomb because they would light this these tires on fire in on, on top of a ridge, and you would just ride towards that flame, that, that smoke. Dead engine start, yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you, and then that's where the, the marked ribbon would or the trail would start. They don't do that anymore. Occasionally they might do that, but they haven't done it in a long time. It, yeah, the bomb itself. Um, so <laughs> the, bomb the, itself. the line of people could be a mile long. Yeah, it's gnarly. So that is the scariest part of the race because you got dudes going everywhere and dudes that can't really ride great. But get a good start. But get a good start. And then you got these trails that crisscross all over hell to find smooth lines, right? And if anybody's behind your peripheral, you can't you're see You're just them. going. So sometimes you get dudes c- cutting across the trail on your trail and you it, it is fucking the most ner- I don't think I've ever been as nervous as I am when I'm racing a desert race yeah. because I almost feel sick yep. because you're going Mach 10 yes. and then you got these dudes possibly ain't great riders in general yep. and they're going to go Mach 10. So I was like, I think it's a six-speed bike, this XC's. Yeah. So I'm wide open, and I don't know how fast those things go, like 70, 80, I don't know. And some dude crosses in front of me, and so I hop out of the line, and I see another line peripherally, and I was like, I'm going to head over there, oh boy. and there's a bush. Oh and I'm God. like, what's well, fine. You know, like, you've been there and done it. Like, mm. pull the clutch, and you pop the front end up just to get over the bush, Ugh. and there was a rock right oh. on the other side of it. And it just kicked me, and yes, yeah, so just in the air, Ugh. straight onto my head, like, I never had a concussion before this or anything. You I was got actually, knocked out, eh? Uh, for a second, yeah. I was wearing a 6D, yeah. and I'm glad I was. Yeah. So I crashed. I went to, like, get up like you do because you're an idiot dirt bike racer. Get Adeline. up to ride yeah. and went to pick up the bike, and, like, I felt my shoulder popping because my collarbone was, like, shattered. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not good. So, like, I got the bike up with the other hand because I'm an idiot dirt bike rider yeah. and, like, started it and then popped it to go back to, like, star finish. Right. On my way there, I started vomiting, like, your concussion. Head, your head, yeah. And then... I realized, like, I looked down, and I got my jersey off, and big bruise. And I'm like, mm, this is already bruised. This isn't good. And I knew something was broken. So they sling me up and went back. And I was just, like, hanging, waiting. No pain meds, no nothing. So up until then, have you ever took anything, taken no. anything? I was pretty you, much. I you mean, never really I, got hurt. I had drank beer. That's right. it. I had never smoked weed. I had never done drugs. I had never done anything. Right. And called my girlfriend at the time, Elise, my wife now. And I'm like, hey, I'm coming home. I had a crash. And, of course, my buddy made me wait till he finished his race and whatever. Right. And we drive home, go to the doctor, and they're like, we don't fix collarbones. But I had they, – they usually don't plate them. They usually just, like – Sling them. Sling them, and you're good. But I was trying to race a uh, six-days qualifier, mm-hmm. like three weeks, a month later. I remember that because you're part – we're doing a dirt rider story yeah, with you, mm-hmm. right? On the and Suzuki? Was, that was another year. That was – This was uh, – That was dumb. A Honda, yeah, it was, Why it was the a hell bad would we do that to you? Dude – do you know that how much air forks fluctuate at altitude? Yes. Really bad. So <laughs> I was trying to get ready to do six days qualifier. It's called Idaho City 100. It's 100 miles each day. Like, uh, not timekeeper enduro, but qualifier style enduro. And I was like, this is three weeks, a month from now. I got to get it fixed. So going back to Chris Dennison, I was like, hey, do you know anybody who will fix this collarbone? Mm-hmm. And, of course, knowing Chris, he's like, yeah, um, here's a number. Call him. So I call a doctor. And he's like, yeah, I'll get you in, like, next day, okay, and we'll plate it up. And I'm like, sweet. I said, can I race on it in three weeks? He goes, you can race on it tomorrow if you want, but it's, it's going to hurt. Right. So he prescribed me, and people go, are you mad at the doctor for prescribing you That's this? Their, what's they're supposed to do? I'm, I, I'm not mad at the doctor. Right. He didn't tell me to take all the pills like I did. Right. but So I just took them as prescribed, but noticed, like, oh, I feel good. 
Like I had never felt this. I guess you would call it euphoria. Like everything's good. You're chatty. You're you know outgoing. And I was just taking this prescribed. And I raced the Heron Hound or not the Heron Hound the six days qualifier. Yeah. In pain, but finished. Didn't make it again. I've almost almost never made it. it, Huh? No, I missed it by like ten seconds each year. Oh, so oh well, I suck. You can still do it. I'll race forty class when I'm old. Yeah. Um. So, get back. Collarbone still patched together, but taking pain meds. Yeah. And I run out of pain meds, and I, it wasn't like uh as bad as it got later, but I start kind of withdrawing. Now I'd look back at it as withdrawing. Mm-hmm. Well, like what? Did, what was? What was? What were you doing? Um, headache, um, sweats, cold sweats, and I'm like, God, I feel like shit. I need to find more meds. Mm-hmm. And here's where it got bad. You thinking it could be your collarbone? You I'm thinking like it could be shit, collarbone. Right? I I don't know. I didn't never been addicted to drugs, right? So, I think. Did the, you ask Elise at any point in time? Because she was in Elise is his school. wife, by the way. Oh, yeah, Elise really, is my we wife. Really um, she kind of she kind of knew what was going. Not the like the addiction part, but she kind of knew it was going downhill. And she was a nurse then, yeah. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, she was a nurse. Mm-hmm. No, not no. She wasn't a nurse. Yet. She was still in nursing school. She was still in nursing school, and okay. um. Because they had you weren't kinda, even engaged yet, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, I kind of kept it from her. And here's the the focal point I think of where it went downhill is when I found out you can buy them online. Like how you, the fuck? Yeah, this is the part where like if you're a you parent, if you're a parent, listen to this. Like it's fucking true, and you can go. I could find you pills on Craigslist right now. Really? You go. You. I'm not. Are they, tell the, are they actual? The legit? Well, that's funny you mentioned that. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people put like ibuprofen in a bottle, and you think you buy them, and then you look it up, and you're like, "I just bought ibuprofen for two hundred dollars." Here's my thing: How can you not get arrested for that? Oh, you could get arrested, but you start to not give a fuck. Really? Like later well, on down the road, don't go too far in the story. So, so let's just say, like, <laughs> although yes, I'm I'm getting them illegally, I'm still taking them recreationally for like years, four okay. years. Okay, so. Your doctor prescribed you one time Percocet. Percocet. One and time. You never got and they them refilled. refilled. One. They you refilled, refilled once. one time. Yeah. And then after that, you never got legit pain meds. I did because nine months later they took the plates out. Okay. After that. Got it. And I got prescribed again. Did, so Okay, stop. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you a lot in this whole thing. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. curious. No, yeah. In between those nine months you were taking street street ones, yes? Yes. Okay. When you got prescribed the pills mm-hmm. versus the street drugs, were there differences in your high? No, because most of the ones I was buying off the street were prescription. Like, they get them from a pharmacy. They get them from So somebody. they were legit for a while. Correct, yeah. Okay. And then it. later on down the road, I'll, we'll get there. In in the big ethos of life, they weren't real at the end. Uh, up to you a year ago, they weren't real at all. Right. But we'll get there. Um, so it was like probably three or four years we can skip through because it was really recreational-ish. You're on, off, on, I'm on, off, on, off. I can kind of quit. Not yeah. a big deal, but they make you really social. And you know I can get, like, anxiety or, yeah. like, weird around people, but they make you really talkative and everything. Right. So it's good. Really leading up until Oliver being born. Yeah. And that's when I think because I stopped all the way leading up to him being born. And then. When she was pregnant. When she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then you get up to this point of, like, this sounds so dumb and, like, a drug addict, but, like. Oh, you've been good for so long. You reward yourself. Reward exactly. Yeah. You reward yourself. Like I've been good. I I know I can stop now. 
Right, so, I did it. So I did it. So I can obviously just stop whenever I want, and that's when it started going downhill. And because, I mean, you have kids. You guys have had kids. It's like kid. Kid. <laughs> kid. It, you got another it, kid I didn't know about? It you brings, have another kid I don't know about? It brings a whole level of stress to a relationship mm-hmm. and to life. Well, here, here's let's stop here. Here's why it does, right? And for people that have kids, you know this, and you don't, and maybe you don't. But you have a kid, and your life flashes before you when you see your child, Yep. right? And then the choices that you make or have been making matter – I shouldn't say matter. They're different now because you see your life in front of you, mm-hmm. right? So when you see your life in front of you, which is now your child, your decisions – way heavier on your emotions, on your brain than they did before because you're like, well, it's just me. Right. Before no Oliver, deal. you're like, it's just me. Who gives a fuck? Right. You know? Yeah, I got savage for a wife. <laughs> yes. She's zero fucks, yeah, right? She's, zero she's fucks. gnarly. Yeah. She's there. She loves you, but it's tough love yes. at times, just like how you grew up. Yep. And now you have a child that is innocent. Right. And then this is where your mind starts tripping. That and uh, – so my wife is a nurse at that point. And she's working nights. So being in this relationship when you have a kid and your wife works nights is your, like, stay-at-home mom when she's at work. Right. So, like, I would try to stop taking the pills, and you start feeling like shit. And it's it's hard enough to feel like shit when you don't have a kid. But it's even – you actually now looking back at it, remember when I would text you videos with songs at night? Yeah. Like, all emo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just sad and depressed. So then you, you were off of it. Then is that what I was you? on and off. Okay. So then you go back to the pills because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel normal. And then you can function. And you can you can function like you everything's back to normal. You can't function with your child when you're no when you're withdrawing. Like, so yeah. when you when you're off of it, let's say you're not on it, you treat Oliver shittier. No, but I was more like uh, not negligent, uh, less less involved, l- less involved. Yeah, like. I wasn't like you're just tired. You're like, I wouldn't wanna... say I was a bad dad. I would say I was just like, he's over there doing his thing, happy. I'm fine doing my thing, happy. Like right. I don't want you. You really like recluse, and you don't want to be around people. You don't want to involve with people. So then you go back to the pills again. I'm like that anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's a good point. <laughs> so you tell us, Chris. Um, so then it's like now I'm straight buying them off the street and hiding it from everybody, and that's when it starts to buy. Like you start to buy. Drugs that are not good off the street. Because over the last, like, three years, it turns into fentanyl. Okay, stop. Yeah. <laughs> how how does one... I just, I'm just... Oh, yeah, yeah. I just don't understand how does one procure this world, these? right? I've, I've never been in this type of situation. And right. You guys at home listen to laugh at me all you want, but... Neither I'm fairly I, yeah. green up here. Right. Like, like I've drank... like Batman? Do you like... I've drank like maybe on one... I've been drunk one... On one hand... Like how many times? Yeah, that's that's how many times I've been drunk. You see me drunk one time, and we've been together twenty some years. Yeah, uh, I smoked weed twice in my life. Once with you. We didn't smoke it. We ate it. That's right. <laughs> I my mom had I've multiple. I've never done anything. My mom had multiple sclerosis, so the, her friend would be like, "Hey, my mom never smoked or did anything to help that." And then one day, her friend came over to bring brownies and had pot brownies, and they sat in the fridge for three and a half weeks. I'm like, "Mom, are we fucking eating these, or what are we doing?" She's like, I'll try it, I guess. She wasn't. And I go, well, how about I'll try it with you? Heather was there at the time. Like, let's all fucking try it. <laughs> so I tried it. I'm out. Like, I'm, my body is not right. built right. to do this shit. And then I got my friends that smoke weed. And I don't care. Like, that's great. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's not my deal. You right. want to? That's fine. And then, like, dude, it, it helps so much. And I believe that there is powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
other other things than yeah. yes that help the body. Yep, I believe in that. For yep. but it's just for me, I haven't found it or wanted to do it because I'm partially too scared to. I think everybody has like a not everybody, but like a vice. Like I have a buddy recently who was going through a drinking thing, uh-huh. and he's explaining to me how he's been drinking more than he should be, and he knows it. And what he's explaining to me is how it was making him feel, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's how I felt with the pills. Like, booze doesn't do that to me. Weed doesn't do that to me. What yeah. it does to him is it energizes him and makes him happy, and that was the same thing that the pills did for me. So riding, let me ask you this because this is a great question. Yep. So I think my vice is riding dirt bikes, mm-hmm. and people say, well, why do you still do this, and you're, you're old, you're, you know, like, but it, that's my drug, yeah. right? Like, this is what gets me centered or happy, yep. and then maybe it, it might... I'm happy in general with my life, right. but, like, it gets me excited to ride, right? Well, I know, because when you don't ride, you just get snippy. I do. Yeah. But it, it's, it's and, and Heather's here. She can chime in. It's it's a double-edged sword for me. I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ride. Right. I'm fucking over it. And then a little time goes by, then I'm pissed because I haven't ridden. Right. <sighs> so it's 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 a hard balance for me. <laughs> she knows. And that's, get on that roller coaster. Whee! It's, it's, a tough, it's a tough deal for me. So that's what I'm asking you. So was there ever a time that riding wasn't enough that you had to take those pills too? Because I feel like riding would have been your release and your and your aphrodisiac or whatever well, the hell it is. It, you know? it became a thing where I stopped want you know my time. I stopped wanting to ride as much. I wouldn't ride or And and let me tell you guys, Mike would race almost every weekend. These off road races that were happening a lot out here, he would be there all the time. You'd race, race, yep. race, race. You would race a lot. Yep. And then it fell off. And just See, all of a sudden stop. You you knew throughout this whole thing something was off. You didn't know what it was. No, not, not, not the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you when I – we'll okay. get to that. Right. I'm going to tell you when I thought was going on. So really, the last two years have been the worst. And it was two reasons, I guess. One reason is the fall, more you fall deep into it, the more you fall deep into it. It sounds dumb, but, like, you're just doing it all the time to be normal now. Once you get to a certain point where I was buying fentanyl off the street, you just watch me get emotional, aren't you? No, it's uh, good. Where I'm buying uh, fentanyl off the street, yes. it's fucking gnarly. Yeah. And, like, it will put you to sleep. It will... What do you mean put you to sleep? You will fall asleep just sitting here having a conversation. Oh, that's what it does to you? Yes. It, if you take enough of it, it gets And you bad. can die, obviously. Yeah, yeah, But what you think you're buying off the street is, like, this little blue pill, which is supposed to be, like, an oxy. It cuts... It, it cut they, it with that. No, they literally... The, these cartels or whatever, they make their own fentanyl straight up, but they make you think... It's an oxy. Got so it. you're just straight taking fentanyl. But then, here's where it goes down another road. I know I'm getting tired, and I know I'm drowsy, and I know I start to look like a drug addict. So then, Mr. Friend Drug Dealer is like, oh, dude, yeah, that's that's not good. Here, you know it'll make you like kind of back to normal, which is not true. Adderall. Take Adderall, because it'll perk you back up again. Mm. And I'm like... Drug dealer's orders, you know, okay, that's fine. Like this idiot. guy knows, he's a this professional. Guy, yeah, he's a professional drug dealer. Like, I'm an, I'm an oh idiot, I, and I can fully admit. like You're gullible, because you, you're, not, you're not built that way. You want what they're trying to give you. And you're. It, there's a reason they call it chasing the dragon, of like, you get that first high, and you're riding the dragon. Greg, and uh, then, Greg talks about this a lot. Does he? Yeah. No, then after that, you're like, oh, I want, I don't want that feeling again. But you're never going to get that feeling again. You're going to get a little less than that feeling. Mm. And then after years, it's less and less and less. And then it's not even that feeling. You're getting, oh, I just feel normal. I don't feel, don't feel high, but I don't feel sick. So then you're just taking them to not feel sick. And like, I will, on the Adderall point. What's Adderall do? I mean, obviously I know what it does Anybody for- who says Adderall's not performance enhancing is either a liar or they haven't tried it. Because... 
that gives you the gnarliest hyper focus. I mean, it does other shit to you. It fucks you up. I mean, it messed my appetite up. Uh, it usually kicks in within like for me like twenty to thirty minutes, and then it'll last like three hours. Have you? What is it? ADD that it helps? Yeah, it's supposed to help with focus and stuff for ADD. And so, like, if you don't have it, it does. What does it do? If you do, uh, that I never had really withdrawals from, but like it just gave you laser focus. And like, as we'll get to, racing vet nationals. One day I didn't have it on the on day one, mm-hmm. and I didn't ride that well, and I was like shitty. The next day I had it. And you saw me. I won both races. Well, we assumed Heather and I. Yeah. We thought at least because there. Elise wasn't there one day. Yeah, you guys have a little morning spat. Yeah, yeah I came. So upset, we thought yeah. you were shitty that day because you had family deals, which probably was part of it. And then the next day, she showed up. Family yep. was there, and you won. So I'm like, oh, right. it's just super, home life. Shit. He right, was right, super right. recluse that day. Yeah, right. but she knew. She knew stuff was going on. So that's what, that's my yeah, next yeah, question. Yeah. So. At what point does she know you're buying drugs off the street, and what happens um, with in- internally? In when your money house? starts being spent, and let's say like your your card gets declined somewhere, and she's like, "How the fuck is our card getting declined?" What was your lie? Uh, I don't. Uh, oh, like maybe boss didn't. Uh, no, not boss didn't pay me. Like I don't know. I had to buy something in for my truck. I had to do this. Oh, we don't have this. And they, just dumb lies. How much money were you spending a month a in, in drugs? Uh, at the end. So embarrassing to say, not really embarrassing. Well, you want to go full? Board. No, we're in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like twenty four hundred bucks a month. Fuck, Damn. like more more than my mortgage. That's a mortgage. Yeah, and here's the part. That how sucked. many years did you do that? That level? Yes. Two or three years. God, dog. So what happens is like, my wife and I make good money, and we both love our jobs. I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing that we make good money because right. I never got to the point where I had to like steal money or of Man. course like I lied to my, to my wife and whatnot but like you never get to the point of like I need to steal this from somebody to get money to do this so but that's because we were making good money and I wonder like had we not made as good money would I have either a stopped or just stolen money right or that's something. what I'm thinking so I'm thinking that if you didn't have the money what would I have done? You would have done gnarlier shit. <laughs> I'd have been on the corner. And that's and look at the crime rate and all these things that happen. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're it, fiending. Oh, you're uh, you're hundred percent fiending. Like so, it's awful. Besides Elise knowing, did you tell your parents or her parents? No, no. And at this point, no one do knew. they know now? Uh, everybody in my life knows. Yeah. Um, your parents know. I'm yeah yeah. I, I once I we're gonna get there. we'll Hold get there on. once I get out of that. I called them. Yeah. Um. Okay. So we're here. You're spending time. At what point do you look inside yourself and be like, oh, fuck, I have a problem. How do I fix it? Okay, so we'll fast forward to, like, uh, beginning of this year. I knew, like, I couldn't keep going down the road I was on. It you sound was, like closer to your mouth. It was uh, there you go. after work going to buy drugs right. three, four times a week. And being drowsy, being drowsy uh driving being dr- like just knowing like i knew enough to go this is fucked like i can't do this anymore like i i am going to hurt somebody Did you just wake hurt up myself. one day and just say this is no it. i knew it was a slow thing of like i know i need to fix it i know i need to fix it but i didn't know how to fix it until i listened to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. so i came across a podcast um end of last year end of 22 and they brought up this solution, whatever you want to call it, treatment, called Ibogaine. Okay. And I had heard about, they use it for PTSD, they use it for alcoholics, they use it for drug addicts, and I had heard about it, and that's when it got on my radar. 
And I'm like, this sounds like something that would work for me. Like, I'll try extreme things to get out of this. Like, whatever. I and This sounds uh, like a cop-out, but I couldn't do, like, a traditional rehab. Like, I didn't see myself going to a 30-day inpatient, leaving work for 30 days rehab. Like, Why? Number one, I didn't want anybody to know about my problem. Okay. Number two, is I have ADD, and I'm like, if I'm going to do it, let's do it. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Like, I don't have time to sit and call all my people that have screwed over and say I'm sorry and go through this 30-day thing. Like, it sounds like a cop-out, but I, like, I just didn't see myself doing it because mostly I didn't want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anyone in my life to know. I was embarrassed. Like, it, as my brother said it, like, and he always has said it, like, I was the good kid. Right. I was the... The golden boy kid who did no wrong and blah, blah, blah. Well, now I can step outside and look at myself and go, wow, you're so much for being the good kid. Now you're the fuck up and you've spent your money and your marriage is going down the drain and you have a kid and what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like up until this point, not in like a braggadocious way, but like I was doing well in life. Like I have my job, dream job. I work at a company called Total Chaos Fabrication as a fabricator. I started there just sweeping floors and now I've worked into R&D like – this is my dream job, and I'm married, and I bought a house at 23 with my buddy Keith. Like, everything's going good. I'm doing Dirt Rider stuff, and now, like, this roadblock comes, and I'm like, this – I don't want anybody to know. I'm mm. embarrassed. Like, how can you go – I've been doing everything perfect, and now I'm a fuck-up. Let me ask you this. What if that was the only way to clean yourself up? What if someone said, hey, man, Eventually, Ibogaine I- wasn't there, and they're like, let's say you never ran across the Ibogaine thing, right? Right. Where would you be? Would you be still doing it, or would you say? No, I think I would have gotten to the point within the last, probably the last two months from now or something. I would have gotten there and been like, uh, my life was starting to crumble at the beginning of this year. And like, just little things, money things, um, my social life thing. People could start telling something was off. Nobody knew, but like, everybody, like, I would recluse from my life. Like, so I knew it was crumbling. I probably would have done a 30 day and wouldn't just admitted to everybody, like, I need to go do it, but I wasn't there yet. So here, here's what you guys, and if you're taking anything from this show besides telling a story, is I was Mike's friend, right? So as a friend, if you're listening to this and you might have someone in that same situation, uh, I was noticing things. So what I was noticing, and I don't know, what, I'll get to you. Can we Harry. talk about the lie? Which one's that? The Life360 lie? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm okay, going to talk yeah, about we'll, that. Okay, good. So we're so, – like I said in the top of the show, Mike was responsible. He was there on time. I didn't have to worry. And it wasn't like it happened overnight and all of a sudden it was just weird. Like Mike wasn't showing up on time or I just, you know, I would see Mike up at midnight, one o'clock. And I'm like, what the fuck? And we would talk about these situations like, hey, man, you feel like shit because you're not sleeping enough. And that's what we kind of come to this conclusion as we were talking is like, you're getting four hours sleep. If that, yeah. And. Oh man's not going to bed till 11. It's just mm-hmm. not healthy lifestyle, right. you know? And I'm like, well, that's, you got to, we got to button that up because mm-hmm. your wife had one schedule. Yep. You had another. And the only time you guys got to spend with each other was at night. Right. And your schedule was getting up in the morning. Hers wasn't. So I would stay up with her. her you would stay up with her. And, and that's the, I would thought some of the problem internally right. in, the, in, the, in the relationship is because you weren't just getting enough rest. Right. And no, me knowing Which you, you're, you're a hyperactive person. Right. Hey, guys and gals, sorry to interrupt. Uh, we're going to break for a commercial right now. Commercials, I should say. Listen to these things. Save yourself some money. They're great people, great products. 
And we'll be right back with our show real quick. ScreenPrintingDone.com. My dream is the world's most powerful T-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some T-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. This is a T-shirt. You can get anything you want on that T-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. Screenprintingdone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! Screenprintingdone.com. I know it's tough sometimes, guys. What engine oil should I run? What weight? Synthetic or non-synthetic? It's tough. But you guys, I've been running blood lubricants for about two and a half years now. I've had great results. If you guys are looking for some great oil, the Barracuda Blood Series 1040 is what we run in all of our test bikes here. Um, it's specifically formulated for the most brutal racing conditions on Earth. Look, heat, high humidity, silt, mud, whatever you got, this Barracuda Blood 1040 can handle it. 1040 is a great weight. For most motocross and off-road machines, even though maybe your uh, owner's manual says run 530 or 1050, to me, 1040 is a great weight. Check it out. Barracuda Blood Series. Um, it's been through Baja 1000, the 500, Mint 400, Vegas, Torino, all of our test bikes here. 100% synthetic oil. It's great stuff. Uh, you put it in. And I run about two and a half engine hours. I take it out, and man, it still comes out pretty damn clean. So you can use the code Kiefer at checkout over at bloodlubricants.com. Save yourself 25% off a case of oil. They have all different kinds of stuff. They have suspension oils. They've got sprays, chain lubes, whatever it is for oil-related stuff for your off-road motorcycle. Check out bloodracing.com. Ride-engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check them out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar. But yet, I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend. And that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com. They have race-cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. You guys want to go check out the new 2023 Yamaha YZs? Thinking about buying one? Or maybe a two-stroke? The new YZ 450F is narrower, more compact, and lighter. It's built to do one thing, go faster. 
Don't worry, the old tried-and-true 2023 YZ250F, no changes for 2023, but still the great same shootout-winning 250F. And it's all over at Power Motorsports. Go check them out. Get your new Yamaha from the number one Yamaha dealership in the USA, the pros at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it here. That's right. The one and only Kiefer Tested Podcast. Call or text 503-769-8888 and ask for the power price. I don't even care where you're at in the USA. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Just go visit them, powermotorsports.com, or hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and I'll get you in touch with the guys over there at Power and let you go rip around on your new scooter. So fun. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and stupid. Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris, at keferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times, get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time, how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. You like to go ride? Are you over the age of 30 like myself? Well, guess what? There's an association where you can go racing and you have a great time. Five motos over the complete weekend. You can go to OldTimersMX.com, but they're going to change their name to International Vet Motocross Series. You can check them out here very soon, but several races... Over several months, all over the western United States, it's going to be a fun time. And let me tell you guys, I just went racing last week, and it is a great time. If you haven't been out racing in quite some time, and you're an older gentleman or a lady, they have plenty of classes for you. There's people out there that enjoy riding and racing dirt bikes, just like yourself. But hey, you got to go do it. You got to go check them out right now. Go to oldtimersmx.com. But again. We're going to change our name up to IVMX, International Vet Motocross Association. So go look for them. And if you have any questions about the series, hit me up, Chris, at KeeferInkTesting.com, and we'll get you out there and have some fun and get some gate drops. 
All right, we're back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging tough. And on with the show. So, but what I started noticing was um, couldn't sit still when we would hang out. You would want to be doing something, or yep. you couldn't just hang out and bullshit with me. Yep. Uh, number two, you would not show up on time or not you would show up at all. Not show up at all. And we have this this app on our in our phone. Uh, it's called Life 360. I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with it. We have Aiden, me, Mike, Travis, and a bunch of our friends on it just to kind of keep tabs, you know, on where everyone's yeah. at. And one day I'm driving to Paris. Paris, and I asked Mike previously, hey, can you come to Paris and help me do some stuff? And Well, no, it was a race. I think it was a race. It was a race. We were racing Swap Moto. No, this was a whole different one. Well, there was this a, happened multiple times. I think. Well, there was a swap moto <laughs> yeah, one, and we're right. like, "Oh, Michael's gonna roll in like he always does, like last practice, unroll, like." Yeah. Right. And then he never showed up, and he didn't show up, and then we called, and he didn't answer. Right. The and pa- we were worried. In the Paris time, basically, you, I, I woke up late, and I knew I was going to be way late, and I'm like, so I, I want to. I'm this. driving right. I look at Live 360. I see where he's at. He's at home. I call him. He's like, oh, I, I got, I got, I'm at work. Yeah, I said, and I he get. totally forgot that he had Life 360. <laughs> Life 360. And then fuck. I go, that's funny because it says you're at fucking home. Oh. And then he goes, you're right, I lied to you. I, <laughs> I can't, I can't. You're keep like, I over, overslept. So he just said he slept, right? and that's kind of what we, which is true. But, but then, yes. he, which was true. But like, that's when I knew something was like not right, and I didn't know quite what it was. Okay, let me ask you this. Hold on, when we went to. Zaka for the Cowie intro right after you guys had had oh man I was withdrawing and I didn't know I didn't know it then because I told I was withdrawing I told Chris I'm like you didn't have anything at that time Mm-mm. I didn't have anything you left your phone Elise like didn't really care I couldn't sleep that night like that whole thing I I you were a little off that day too. I literally didn't know that's what it was until two years later I looked back on it and go dude I was withdrawing I like, told Chris I said it was like. Like almost like you were the woman that had the baby. 100%. You were having postpartum, postpartum depression. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was. I was driving home. I drove on the way home, and then you guys are wanting to talk to me about what's going on in my life, and I literally put my sunglasses on because I was crying. Because I'm like, I don't want them to know what's going on in my life. Right. Like uh, you just embarrassed, and like I'll put the sunglasses on, just keep driving. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like an idiot. But right. that's the thing I think people need to know is like, it happens. It, it you, you still be a good person, and that's what I think with some of this, what I've learned is um, because you have these things happen to you in life, and they're, and either the news or people think you're a piece of shit because you're going through them, doesn't mean you're a piece of shit person. Right. These things happen for a reason, right? Yeah. Underlying injuries, you know, past experiences, uh, trauma to your brain. Yep. Uh, depression there's always some underlying cause of reasons why we do things right and that doesn't mean you're coming out you're stealing right you're, you're, you're raping you're killing yep. just because you're doing these things but sometimes when you do these things you associate yourself with those types of people yep. and you automatically think you're a piece of shit which puts you further down a hole and, and you makes really you embarrassed yes 100%. and be like mm-hmm. oh my god i'm one of these guys i can't tell anybody because every everyone thinks i'm up here yep. and i'm not and no exactly and then you notice starting towards the towards the end of the thing i started getting really depressed like you're, I mean, depressed. I'm emotional. I'm an emotional dude, but like, I would literally drive home from work crying, and yeah. I didn't know why I was crying. I was just sad. Like, I, I mean, I knew why. I'd look at my life as a whole and go, 
uh, there's like a rain cloud following me, but I put the rain cloud there. Like right. I'm the piece of shit. I did this, and I didn't know how to get out of it. And it's just like deep, deep, deep depression. So you discover this ibogaine. 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 Yeah. Ibogaine. Mm-hmm. It comes from the iboga plant. Okay. So let's let's talk yep. about this. When did you decide I want to try this treatment? And I'm going to go do this. I called the place. I, I did a bunch of research on it, watched a few documentaries. Not that that makes me an expert, but, like, watched some documentaries. Um, I found this place in Mexico called Experience Ibogaine. And they seemed to be the most reputable place around. And what I did is I called them and emailed them. And I'm like, I basically, like, begged them. Like, I need help. I sent them an email saying, I need help. My life's falling apart. I basically, they were the first, I think they were the first person or first email I sent where I visually saw everything that was going on. I put it on paper because I, I, I had thought about it, mm-hmm. but it really it does mean something when you actually verbalize or write it out. Like I typed this like page long email of like, like a diary. Yeah. Like a diary. Like I feel like a shitty father, a shitty husband, a shitty human. Like I feel worthless and I don't know how much longer I can do this mm-hmm. before I take my own life or I die because I took shitty drugs from the street. And they they saved my life. They sent me an email back in 24 hours. Like, what really? do you need us to do mm-hmm. to get you? And I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Like, And then once they sent that email, I'm like, oh, this is really, really, really going to happen. So then I'm like, okay, I got to set up my plan of attack like strategically I don't I still don't want anybody to know because I'm still embarrassed mm-hmm. and I'm like let's find out when I can come down there I think it was it told me like seven thousand dollars I'm like okay well Fuck. I can come up with seven grand somehow like right. I, I can figure it out so I go I'm looking at my calendar and the end of April comes up and I like I have a work event we'll get to that and then three days and then a long weekend and I'm like okay I can squeeze it in there and not tell anybody and I'll just be gone. Like, I'll tell my wife, but I'll just be gone for a few days. And so that I, I was like, through two, two and a half months out, I set that date. And I told them, this is when I'm doing it. What can I do leading up to this point to have me ready to come down? Like, I don't know what I need to do. So they fill me out. They're like, or fill me in. They're like. What's the place called? I don't know if Experience talking. Ibogaine. Okay, sorry. And uh, they're in Mexico. They don't put an address out or anything. They don't want people to know where they are. But they're they're in Mexico down near Rosarito. And. As the date's getting closer, I'm, like, kind of trying to wean myself off a little bit because they told me, you can't have any fentanyl in your system. And I'm like, I didn't know the Like, I'm not taking that. I said, I ain't got no fentanyl in my system. They're like, yeah, where are you buying your drugs? And I was like, off the street. And they're like, you have fentanyl in your system. And I was like, I don't. I'll take a test to prove it. I piss, and I'm like, oh, I have fentanyl in my system. Hmm. No wonder my withdrawals are so fucked. Because, like, fentanyl's a level above whatever else you're going to get at the hospital. Oh, like, okay. Or you they do give it to the hospital. But So I go on this work trip like the week before I'm supposed to go down there. And I'm going, I'm going to wean myself off. So here's where it gets the gnarly part of how much drugs I was taking. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to wean myself off the fentanyl. No more little blue pills. I'm going to take Norcos. And I could get those from my drug dealer. And they're like... Ten bucks a piece. How do we know they're narco? Is it the same thing? It sounds druggy, but you can tell by like when you get the pills. <laughs> sounds druggy. <laughs> it sounds druggy. Um, like when you go to break a pill or whatever, yeah. if it's like a hard crack and it breaks into two pieces, 
that's a good chance that's a legitimate pill. Like it's like a prescription pharmaceutical pill. When you get a drug and you go to crack it and it crumbles and turns into like a powder, yeah, that's a pressed pill from somebody shady. Okay. And I get these Norcos and it sounds dumb, but I trusted my drug dealer and he, I don't think he was a bad human being. Did you find this say drug dealer on Craigslist? Uh, yes. Okay. Or Facebook And he was one of the good ones? Facebook <laughs> yes. Marketplace. I think it was even. Facebook Marketplace. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, he was cool? I do think, I, like, I still- Did he look I, like a drug dealer? Was he tatted up in the neck yes. and shit? He yes. was? 100%. Oh, fuck. It looked like, like, central casting out of, like, Sons of Anarchy Boys or in the hood Yeah, shit? Boys in the Hood. Mayans. And, and I'm like, the guy legitimately, he even told me, like, hey, dude, if you want to, like, quit, I, I can help you start to wean off of things. And, like- so he, wasn't he was a, a drug dealer, yes. Wow. But I don't think he was a terrible human being. Boy. So I get, I get to this point. <laughs> this is his gullible ass right here. Yes, exactly right. He really just wanted to see me yeah, do good. He was nice. <laughs> he better ruin my fucking life. Took two grand from me a month, but exactly. he's all right, guy. Uh, so I, uh, I start. I get this big bottle of Norcos that I'm like, I literally know I'm getting these pills and I'm going on a three day work trip. How many were there? I don't know. Probably fifty of them. Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, ten bucks a pill. Yes. So I'm like, I'm like, all right. Here's what's gonna happen. I am leaving town, so I don't know anybody. Once I leave town, I can't use fentanyl if I don't know anybody. So I'm just gonna buy Norco's, and I'm gonna go on this trip. You couldn't just go cold turkey. No, you're fucked if you go cold turkey. Okay. And they can't take you in at the Ibogan place if you have any in your system. So I knew when I got back from this work trip, I was going to Mexico. So I couldn't have anything in my system. They said it took so you like, can have Norco in your system, but yes. no fentanyl. Yes, because fentanyl is too strong. Copy. So I go on this work trip, and I'm literally a day in, and I'm like literally eating these things like they're candy. Like how many? How many <sighs> did you take at a time at a serving? Oh, fifteen. Fifteen a serving. Yes. So oh it's funny God. you brought this up. Did it's you ever read stupid. the Stefan Roncada story? No, I heard something about it. Though. So you can go back in the – I think Transworld did the story at the time, and they, they talk and did the interview with Stefan Roncada. When he was beating James Stewart mm-hmm. in Vegas and in Hangtown, and it, it, it didn't come out of nowhere, but it was like abnormal for someone to challenge James and beat him. Right. And James was on a 125. Roncada was on the pro circuit kicks, 250F. But Roncada – Work James in Vegas and then Hangtown, and he was saying, "Yeah, I was addicted at that time." And, he, and and I remember Don asking him, "He's like, well, how much were you taking?" And he's like, "I was taking up to fifteen to thirty per mm-hmm. time." Yeah, and and, it, and I'm like, fuck. "How the fuck do you don't die?" Because you build up this tolerance over these years. I've been building up, building up, building up. So he said, "He's like, look, it, I took so much, my heart rate never got high because you're all. Mm-hmm. I never got tired." Because mm-hmm. like, if he wasn't racing at that point, his heart rate would have been like twenty. But then his worked up goes up to like one one twenty or whatever. So it's so like, like he's it. like, yeah, it just made me focus, calm. I didn't get tired, and, and it makes you feel like so confident and like cocky, like I'm a bad motherfucker. So you would take fifteen. I was taking and did trying, it? yeah. So that would that wasn't even enough. Like that didn't get me high. That was taking the edge off. Like Holy I don't shit. I don't have like withdrawals now. And I'm driving on this trip, and I'm a day in. Like, literally the first day. And I start noticing, like, this bottle's getting low. I'm fucked. Like, and I got three days. How many servings do you take a day? It, uh, that was, like, weird because I was just taking Norcos. I was literally taking, like, the little blue ones when I was taking them three or four times a day. But the little blue ones were gnarly strong. So, like, I was taking these Norcos, and I was like, I didn't want to take all. I took 15 at once and took the edge off. How do you know to even take 15? That's what I'm asking. Because I, I would be like, I took five, and an hour later. Okay, feel, so it's I not 15 like in one pile in the mouth. It's Eventually it was, yeah. 
Okay, so first so off, I, it was five first an hour. First was five, and I'm like, that didn't do anything. Okay, I'll take 10. That didn't do anything. And I'll take 15. Fuck me. And then I notice it, and I'm like, fuck. And so we get to the end of this work trip, and work trip is like an off-road adventure through Nevada. And we get to um, uh, Tonopah, Nevada. BFE. BFE. And we go to these sand dunes or whatever, and then we're done. We go back to the town, and we're going to eat dinner, and then go to bed to go out the next day. And I look at my bottle, and I'm like, dude, I have like, I don't know, 10 pills left? Oh, boy. And I'm like, fuck. Start licking the cap. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, dude, you get to a point. I didn't even want Start to. Start listening out in, in uh, Tonopah? I tried. There was nothing. There. It was BFE. And I'm like, <laughs> at dinner, start, like, you lose your appetite. And like I ordered food, and everybody's like, you're not eating. Like... And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I just, I ate a big, you know, meal earlier and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm starting to sweat. And they're like, you don't look good. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just really tired. Uh, I'm tired. I feel tired. <laughs> That's me all the time. <laughs> so uh, my boss, like, she really cares about me. And she's like, let's go get you to the hotel room. Maybe you can sleep it off. And so she goes, or leaves early with me to go get the hotel room. Get the room. I literally go in and crash out. And I'm like, done. Sleeping. Well, then you wake up at 2 in the morning. Sweating. Sweating. Feeling like shit. You get the worst thing for me was um like restless leg syndrome. Like you fucking you can't stop moving your legs and you can't fall asleep mm-hmm. and it feels like you have shin splints like crazy mm-hmm. and you can't do anything about it. And I'm literally I'm in sharing a hotel room with this dude and I barely really even know him. And I'm like taking a shower at like three in the morning, trying to like get shit out of my system. And then it I like dawns on me, I'm like, dude, I I'm not making it two more days. Like that's not gonna happen. So I literally just packed all my shit up, went down to my truck, and just went drove, started to drive from Tonopah back to Riverside. I'm like, what'd you tell your boss? I left them a message. I was like, good, good thing I have a kid. I was like, oh, Oliver got sick. You know, Grandma's watching him, and he got sick, and and I gotta go go take care of him because you know Elise's working and blah blah blah. And they believe me. Like shit happens. Like I was feeling like shit too, and blah blah blah. So then I'm driving home with drawing. I'm like, you know, it's a ways to go to Riverside from Tonopah. It's like yeah. six hours, seven hours. And I'm like, okay, I have, let's say I have 13 left. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take time it. seven yeah, time now. It. I'm, I'm going to take seven right now. Time it. And this will get me all right. And then you get to this point, this drug addict point, where you're like, um, fuck it all. Like, literally, 20 minutes later, I didn't, I didn't feel that. So I'm just going to take the rest of them now. And then I'll be able to deal with the rest all the way home. You're, you're making sense of some shit, right? You're, yeah, you're time. trying to make sense of shit. Which, and it makes no sense looking back at it. And so, like... Here I am, like, not even to Baker. Like, not even to, like, Beatty. And I'm like, I'm feeling like shit again. I'm withdrawing again. And I have nothing. Like, I have... You think it's nothing. in your mind? 100% in my mind. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I was physically feeling I mean, you're feeling dealing it. withdrawals, but, like, in your but mind, think, you're freaking out. And I think knowing that I didn't have access to any for... Because you physically know. can't die from withdrawal. No, no, you can't die. I mean, no, no, you can from alcohol withdrawal, but not from pill withdrawal. It just is miserable. Mm. And I'm like, I'm driving home. Okay. And I get to, like, Baker, and I'm like, I literally have nothing left. And it's funny, Heather does that about licking the cap. I didn't lick the cap, but I literally pulled over on the side of the fucking highway. Put a little water in all there? all the shit out of my truck. I'm to like, I had to have dropped one. I had yeah. to have dropped something in here. Oh, my God. I dude. didn't find anything. I'm just like, I, I guess I just have to drive back. And I'm literally, like, driving back, cold sweats, like, moving. You know how I couldn't yeah. not move? I'm, like, shifting all over the place. Like, oh, God, this sucks. This sucks. And I'm like course because i'm a drug addict on the way back i'm trying to hit up every drug dealer i've ever had in my phone like I, i'm going to rehab but i need a little bit to where i can get through blah 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 and sure shit by the time i get to barstow somebody texts me like 
hey, man, I got this if you want it. And it was like some more Norcos or whatever. I'm like, oh, so okay, right cool. there, when you get that text back, do does a, a feeling of reassurance come over you? 100%. So that's where so it that's is So that's when mental. you know it's mental. 100%. Because you know you're about to get it. You get this feeling. It's almost a high. It's almost like a long-lost friend like you, you've had forever. 100%. And then it's gone. Totally. And, and you freak out. And then he calls you say, hey, I'm coming back tomorrow. You're yep. Like, and you're fucking. And you, you get this feeling of relief. And it's like, okay, well, it's. Hmm. This sounds drug addicty, of course. Like all this, all this all does because it's a drug addict. Drug, should I put that in my caption? It just uh, sounds drug, drug addict show. <laughs> so like, I'm driving and I'm like, now that I heard from him, now I can put a timer on it. Not literally put a timer, but like I look at my clock and go, okay, cool. The mind of a drug addict. Yes, this is what I'm getting into. It, yeah, and I'm like, okay, I know I have an hour and a half to get to this dude's place mm-hmm. and get them mm-hmm. and get them in my system, and then I'll feel better. And it's almost like, I know it's going to feel better, so it'll be fine. So I end up going and meeting the dude, buying whatever, I don't know, probably 25 more Norcos or something. And I'm like. How much were those? Those were, they, bucks. That was a different, well, that was a different guy. They were like 13 each. Everybody has different prices. How do these guys get them? Uh, they have friends that work at pharmacies or friends who are, there's a bunch of doctors who will write, you, you pay a doctor, hey man, I'll I'll give you half of my profit if you if you prescribe me these pills. Doctors wow. do it. That's insane. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I get to this place, get the pills, take them. Okay. Now I know I'm obviously home early from this trip. Well, now I have four days until I'm supposed to go to Mexico because they were going to intake me early. And I'm like, well, now I got to get through four more days of being one, out of money. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm withdrawing. So like I go home and I try to sleep and I'm... At this point, my wife knows what's going on, and, like, she's obviously mad, but she, as much as she's a savage, she cares very much about me, and she's, like, taking over all of her duty, and right. I'm literally in so bed. So you didn't go to work for those four days before you leave? No, so as soon as I got back and everybody else came back to work, I text him, hey, Oliver got me sick because okay. I came back to get Oliver. So right. he got me sick. I'm not going to be in, like, today. I'm not in the next day either. And they're calling me, like, how are you? And you can fake it and go, oh, I'm fine, like... It's all good. I'm just sick, and I don't want to get everybody at the shop sick, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So that's where, like, the line comes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right. I eventually get to the point where I'm, like, two days out, and I text the place down there because I'm texting one of the intake guys, and I'm like, hey, man. I got to get the fuck down. I got to get the fuck down. I got I got to come down. Like, And he's like, dude, we don't have any spots right now. Let me see what I can do. So the next day, he's like, okay, man, you can come down a day early. And I'm like, oh, thank God. And I am. You drove by yourself. Yeah, I drove myself, yeah. Right. I'm literally, at this point... Didn't take any on the way down? No, I, I'm, I'll get there. Oh, shit. So I'm a, just before I, I leave, I hadn't had it for like two days, and I'm fucking dying, dude. And this is the point where it's like gnarly serious, but like I got suicidal. Like Really? The withdrawals and the not sleeping. The not sleeping was fucked. I would never because right, your mind that. just fucks with you. And like, here's your wife, and here's your kid, and they're sleeping, and you're just up. And then you're like, okay, I'll... Uh, I'll do something else to sleep. If I get drunk enough, I'll sleep. So then you start drinking. God damn. And then it's like, well, now I'm just drunk and I can't sleep, so it's even worse. <laughs> and then you get so drunk that you throw up because yeah. you're sad. And it's just the whole it's it's this downward spiral. And um and then right before I knew it was my time to go down, like I was at the suicidal point. It's just that bad. And I get a call from or I get a text from one of the drug dealers. Hey man, I did get like ten of these if if you want them. Of course I fucking want them. So I go get that. And then I go down. And that was enough because I was at such a low point that just taking those 10, mm-hmm. 
that made me feel like 1% high. And I'm like driving down to Mexico feeling pretty good because I hadn't had anything. And like at this point, I had called my mom. She didn't know what I wanted money for. But I am never, ever, ever one to ask anybody for anything really. Mm -hmm. And I called her and I said, Mom, I have something going on. I need to borrow seven grand. And no questions asked. She's like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm, oh, I'm. never really told her. And I never really told her yet. And I'm like, yes, I just, I need to borrow this because something's going on. And she knows I care a lot about, like, my friends or whatever, and I do anything for my friends. So it's like, maybe he needs it for that. Maybe this. So she wired it to me, and I went and got at the bank, drove down to the border, and met this dude at the border. They're like, basically, you leave your car at the border, and uh, it's like... Hey, I'll meet you at the border. Leave your car in this parking lot. It's a pay parking lot. Yeah. And I'll pick you up. And I'm like, okay, so there's some dude who's going to pick me up at the border, <laughs> and I have seven grand cash. It doesn't I hope I trust. All. I hope I trust this dude. Like, Holy shit, okay. man. And, uh, Did he tell you what he'd look like? like yeah, he's like- I'll be in a pink he, hat. He, no, he was like, I'm in, a, I'm in a black Subaru, like nice car. And I'm like, and at this point- you, He drove from the border. Yeah, so he picked me up at the border. Mexico plates? Yeah, uh, Baja plates. Okay. And it's I'm a, like- It's down in Rosarita? Yeah, so he picked That's an me hour. Up. Yeah, it was nothing bad. So he picked me up, and there's another attic in the car that he had picked up, too. Oh, God. This oh. is where it's kind of weird. So, like, I'm like, here, here's the seven grand. Like, fix me, kind of. And he's like, okay, cool, thanks. This is awesome. And I get in the car with this other dude, and I'm still a little bit high at this point because <laughs> I had just taken the last stuff. So I'm in a great mood. And this guy's almost looking at me like, That's your fucked up, man. I thought you were fucked up, dude. And I was like, no, man, I got some on the way down. And he's like, okay, you know we're going to search you when you get there, right? And like, that's fine, dude. I'll search you. That's fine. So this other dude that's in the car, he's on the way down. Like, mentally. And I'm like, how's it going, man? And he's like, it's going all right. And I was like, if you, you know. What's your deal? I was like, if you try to, you know, kick this before or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, man. I did I have a game like two months ago, man. It, it didn't work. And I'm like, well, this is a fucking great oh, sign. Oh, so you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, did I just fucking throw away seven grand of not my money? And I'm like, oh, boy. And come to find out, this guy was just kind of a downer, like, in life. And he got, it worked for him that time. So we're driving down to the place. We get there. Everyone is super nice. They literally have a chef there. Is it a clinic? Or what is it? It's like a, a, there's a guy named Aiden who owns it. He was a uh, Aiden. Um, he uh, he was a drug addict mm-hmm. in like, 06 or 07 and with heroin. And he went down there and found out about Ibogaine. And he was like, dude, it changed my life. So stop. What is Ibogaine? Ibogaine, it's an East African tree root. It comes from the iboga plant. Okay. And it's literally like a root of a plant, and they grind it up, and you take it um, So it's a hallucinogenic. It's a hallucinogenic, yeah. Okay. And I get down there. Everybody's really cool. They're like, we got to test you and make sure you're not on fentanyl. I'm like, no, I stopped taking it you know, five days ago. And he's like, yeah, we still got to test you. And sure, shit, it still came up. Like, really? This is six days since I took it. And I'm like, fuck. I don't know how that's possible. So they're literally IV flushing me. Like they have nurses, doctors there, twenty four seven. Like a chef there, like Mexican. Uh, yeah, most of the people are Mexican. The the speak dude, English. Uh, yeah, everybody spoke English except for one of the one of the the lady chefs. She's like a good, like heavy set Mexican lady who just cooks, mm, and she got damn. Oh my god, dude, just fish tacos, so, so good. Was the place more hospitalish? Or no, more it was house-ish? more houseish. It was like three houses combined together, and there's like two patients, which is what I would mean a patient in each house, and you have your own nurses that come up and check on you and everything. So we get there, they go through my bags. Funny, like the, the, the licking the pill bottle thing. They're going through all my stuff, and I'm like, dude, I've, trust me, I took everything. 
and a fucking pill fell out of my pocket. And I'm like, no I'm like, way. fuck, where was that? I wish I knew about that. And they're like, look at me like, okay, I'm yeah, sure. Whatever, so dude. now they go through all my shit yeah. and they don't find anything else. And, uh, basically that first day, cause I was still a little bit high from all that taking the stuff on the way down. I felt okay. And then they start flushing me with the IV to try to get fentanyl out. And then I start feeling like shit the next day. And, they knew I was feeling like shit because I stopped eating. I started feeling really pale and feeling pale, looking pale and just feeling like literally sweating like I was super hot, but mm-hmm. I was freezing and shivering goosebumps. So like you're just full on, you're, you're dope sick. It's literally just dope sick. You can't, it's the same as taking heroin. And so I'm trying to think what, oh, so then as I'm feeling like shit, because you can have some stuff in your system, they gave me up until taking the Ibogaine, they gave me morphine. And they're like, we can take the edge off with this morphine, but obviously they're monitoring what you take, so they give mm-hmm. you some, until you piss clean. And once you piss clean, then we can do the Ibogaine treatment. And I'm like, all right. And I felt bad because the two other people there were clean off of fentanyl, and I wasn't. So they they always want to do the treatment one night for everybody. Oh, so no, they they're waited. waiting on you? Yeah, they're waiting on me, so then I felt like shit. Oh, no. So then finally... I pissed clean. Was that the guy that was in the car with you? Yeah, yeah. He so did he go to the same place? Yeah, he was in the room next to me. I know, but when he went, he did it before you said. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he had gone to a different place. Oh, different place. Yeah. So he was trying a different Ibogaine. Exactly, game. different okay. Ibogaine okay. place. So you have your own room. Yeah, your own yeah. room. So people uh, are waiting on you. And they're waiting on me. You piss clean. I piss clean. And then they're like, okay, we're going to do the treatment tonight. And I'm like, okay, cool. So they have like a coach, whatever, call you to like be, here's what's going to be. Here's what you're going to experience. Is there anything you want to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just ready. Like, I'm ready. At this point, like, I'm just ready to be clean and done with drugs. Like, I'm just so done and, like, relieved that I'm there. I've disappeared from my life. Everybody's like, where am I? And I'm getting a bunch of phone calls. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. (laughs) Meanwhile. Before you talk about this whole treatment. Yep. Meanwhile, we're in Denver, Colorado Mm -hmm. at the Supercross. We still have Live 360 on Mike. We oh, that's right. <laughs> we haven't heard from Mike in a while. And well, because it was Michael's birthday. It was yep. My, yep. And, and I look, mm-hmm. and we see him down in Mexico. And it's not uncommon to see Mike in different areas, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I, I said, I was like, why is Mike in Mexico? I'm like, and I'm probably, oh, he's probably doing something with work yeah, or something. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, <laughs> I forgot and then we that. call him, phone's off. Yep. And I'm like, oh, shit. Huh. And then we don't, haven't heard from Elise. We haven't, I'm like, yep. Something's going on. Well, we don't yeah. hear from Savage anyways. Yeah, yeah but I'm just she saying has, it was something phones. different. I was like, ah, oh, something's going on. So, so anyway, they go do ahead. the treatment that night. They they give you like one capsule pill for like a test dose. And you're on EKG the whole time because it can fuck with your heart. And you wait for like an hour. And then they're like, come back. Do you want another dose? Or are you feeling this? And like, wasn't feeling it. So I'm like, yeah, give me another dose. And I'm like, kind of thinking like, this isn't working. This doesn't work. And then I'm laying there like flat on my back. And I'm like... I'm upside down right now. How am I upside down? I'm like straight in bed. How am I upside down? I'm like, oh, it's working. So then they come back and ask you if you want another one. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Give me another one. Jesus. And, <laughs> and like, you start, like, having this psychedelic trip. And the way I explain it is uh, the matrix is in my head, and it's ones and zeros, like, streaming down. And um, I myself was a mouse cursor. And I could take myself, which was the mouse cursor, and click on any one or any zero. And it would immediately, like, like you were clicking on a tab on a computer. Yeah. You click it, and you go into this room of, like, a, a past experience you've had in your life. Huh. So, like, I saw my grandparents, and I was like, oh, I forgot I even did this, or I forgot I even did that. Uh-huh. So, the trip was good for me. I literally spent, it's up to, like, a 16-hour trip. It was probably, like, 12 hours. And I'm, like, tripping, and- but it was good. I was just looking at different 
past. And like, you're just laying in memories. this bed, tripping balls. Just laying in this bed, not moving, tripping balls. In your head, you're doing all kinds of stuff. But, like, it was just good to kind of go back and see things and see when shit went back bad for me and see what things in my life when I was a kid were bad or trauma, tra- traumatic or whatever. So then you cried all the time? Uh, no, I was crying a little bit, laughing a little bit, and just kind of, like, going down memory lane, I guess it would be. Huh. And start to come to, like... Oh, no, also, you kind of come to this, like, thing when you're in this psychedelic trance or whatever you want to call it, and you realize that, like, life is short, and when you're, like, when you're gone, you're gone. Right. And that's it. That's the end of your life. Like, you basically kind of makes you think, That's what you believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, you need to uh, appreciate what you have now, and... Make the most of what you have now because when you're gone, you're gone. Right. And I come out of this trip the next morning and I'm like, kind of feel like shit. You have a headache. But then the first thing I notice is I'm like, I'm not dope sick anymore. You're not. Like literally the next day, I'm like, I'm not sweating. I'm not miserable. Like I have a little headache, but whatever. And I went outside and like all the colors around me were so vibrant. It was almost like I was living in a fog and like I just come out of the fog like part of the clouds and been like holy shit i don't and i had an appetite like i hadn't had an appetite the whole time i was down there and i'm like yeah i want breakfast and i was like oh, eating everything they gave me and they were just like okay you feel good they're like but it, this is like you're on that little bit of like a ibogaine high whatever you want to call it it'll come back down and i was like no you guys don't understand like i'm high energy like i feel like myself again like this is this is me and then they're like okay we'll see how i feel tomorrow and i'm Next day, I come out, and I'm just, like, all, like, literally up at 6 a.m. like I always used to be, and just, like, it, it sounds miracle but it was a miracle. Like, I I can't explain it other than I came out of it sober, like, the next day. It, like, rewires your brain to, it literally changes your brain to the point of, like, if that next day I had taken 10 Norcos, I would have died. So, like, it resets whatever it is in your body to the point, like, you had never had any pills. So, I didn't have the want for them, and... I didn't have, like, a tolerance anymore either. So, like, they told me, like, if you have anything or you go home and take something and you try to take what you took, you're going to kill yourself. Like, you can't fuck with that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So then they go, the next thing you do, they ask you if you want to do DMT, which is, I wrote it down, how to pronounce it because I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, it's dimethyltryptamine. It comes off the back. Tryptamine. Tryptamine. <laughs> that sounds like a. <laughs> it comes off the back of an Arizona river toad. It literally, like, secretes it out of its neck or whatever. Yeah. And they take it, and they dry it or whatever, and you smoke it. We got African tree roots. We got Yeah, I'm telling you. I know. It sounds weird. So, like, how does does someone even find the toad juice? Uh, That's a good point. Like, who's, like, walking through? Hey, man, I want to see that toad. (laughs) And that toad's looking a little glad. He's got some schmegma on the back of his neck. I want to lick that. Look, the schmegma on the back of a toad. And and you're like, like, yeah, I'm tripping balls. The guy told me, he's like, if you take this, like... It will be like, yeah, you stopped, you're you're clean now. But it's almost like putting a stamp on it, like you're not going to go back. He's like, you have, it's like a 20-minute mental psychedelic trip, Fuck a different that. kind. I'm out. You're out. <laughs> I was in. And I'm like, after they, like, cured me of being an addict, more or less, the next day, I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, whatever you guys say. So I smoke this thing, and they, like, cleanse the room first and go around it with, like, smoke, whatever. Sage. It's very hippie-ish. Sage. Sage, yeah. I think it was sage, actually. And, uh. Yep. They He's like, room. okay, I'm going to do a breathing exercise with you, and then you're going to put it to your mouth and smoke it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
So he does it, and, like, literally you, you inhale, and, like, as soon as you're, like, deepest inhale, you're already in another world when you're laying. He's laid you down on the bed. And a f- rush of memories and things just go through your, your mind. Like, I was bawling my eyes out, then laughing and happy, like, the biggest smile I've ever had in my face. Like, thinking about Oliver and my wife, and, like, literally I'm, like, crying but like talking out loud and it brought You're tripping uh, tripping yeah, yeah. Uh, but it brought to the forefront of my mind <laughs> that's called a trip it, it brought to the forefront trip, of my mind toad tripping <laughs> toad tripping it brought to my mind like stuff that i didn't subconsciously i guess i knew but i never verbalized so like i literally was verbally saying like you need to do more stuff for you and not for other people because i'm very much like i want you know me i want everybody to be happy around me right. like i want Everybody be happy first, and then I'll worry about myself later. Right. But, like, I'm literally, like, yelling out, like, you need to do more stuff for yourself. You need to make yourself happy. Like, don't worry about other people. Everything's fine. You can't control everything at all. Right. Like, And I trip out on the stuff, come to, and I'm, like, smile bigger than I've had in years. And I'm just, like, I'm fucking fixed. And... I couldn't believe it. Like I was teary. I literally called you guys. You yeah. didn't answer. I was I was doing work at the Supercross. You called Aiden. I think and, and Aiden was on speaker, and I walked by and I heard you're on speaker, and I still did. I mean, I was like, "What's up, man?" Yeah, yeah. And then I finally got a hold of you guys. I was like, "Dude, I got to tell you about everything." Like, this is what happened to me, and blah blah blah. Dude, I was like tripping. I was like, <laughs> you're you're in Denver. Like, like what I was the hell's going on? Juice. <laughs> and like. At that point, instead of being ashamed of everything like I was before, I just want everybody to know. Yeah. Like, and you did. You told people, people, my, my friends, mm-hmm. like, this guy just came up and told me about he was on drugs. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> told me he was on I drugs. T- oh, yeah, I told, uh, I told um, Michael Lindsay, too. You told Eddie. Yeah, uh, I told Eddie. I was like, dude, I don't care. I want everybody to know. Like, right. I was fucked up. I made bad choices. If anybody knows anybody that could benefit from this, fucking get a hold of me. Like, that's the thing. And that's what we were talking about on this show is like, look. It doesn't make you a piece of shit human being. Everyone makes mistakes. You go through certain things in your life. There's ups and downs of life. We try to teach this with Aiden. Sure, we would rather Aiden not do anything. Of course. But he's going to be an adult. He's going to be on his own. He's going to be uh, presented to, with some of these things. He's going to race dirt bikes. There's going to be presented with these things. So yep. how do you get through them? You have to talk. You have to be open. You have to... You know. And you honestly helped me a lot with that because you're very much you'll fucking call me out like, Hey, what's your deal? You're you're sad, what's the deal? And I'm like, Ah, nothing. You're like, No bullshit, come over here, talk to me. Right. And that's helped me a lot too, because like just talking about stuff. He rub some of that on Heather. <laughs> oh my. Heather so, needs to go get some toad juice. So amazing. <laughs> toad juice. <laughs> she needs a secretion. You need, you need to, yeah, you need to go on a trip, maybe. <laughs> and like I just know that, like, helping, talking to you, talking to everybody, and being out about it, I also wanted to tell everybody, because it's like, I want everybody to keep me accountable. Like, if you see me start slipping or being weird, call me out. Or, like, I told anybody, like, drug test me. I don't care. There's one thing I want to ask you. Yep. Okay, so, and I don't know if you thought about this, and maybe you have, but I have. Uh, You're going to ride dirt bikes. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have an accident again, and you're hurt. What are you going to do? I don't plan on taking anything... uh, Obviously, if they shoot you up when you're yeah, in the you're hospital, that whatever. Fucked up, yeah. I I don't. I would rather just deal with the pain and take Advil or whatever. Like, here's the other thing. I I'm not a believer in you're sober. You can't touch anything. I still drink a beer every now yeah, and again. Yeah. I'm not. I've never really had a problem with beer. So people may say like, "Oh, you're not really sober," but to me, I'm sober from what fucked my life. Moderation, up. right? In something that's legal, right? 
I drink okay, I, I drink like. a beer a night with dinner. Like whatever, I, it's not a big deal to me. I have to watch that. Like yeah, but she didn't go to rehab for alcohol. Exactly, that's what I mean. Like to me, Heather drinks everything in moderation. Night, so it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Heather and I drink together, so it's okay. Right. Yeah. But like, how how often have you guys ever seen me drunk? No, yeah, none. I so it's like that wasn't my vice. That wasn't my thing. Right. I found pills, or pills found me, and that fucked my life up. So I know that's not even an option anymore. Like, I I literally came. So how back, many months in? Uh, three months. Uh, just over three months. How we feel? Good. And no cravings. Zero cravings. So, so I, it worked for you. Hundred percent. It may not work for everybody. Right. But, but I know you wanted to tell people that that's an option. Yes. So I was told that a traditional thirty day rehab is like, I think four to eight percent is going to work for people, which right. is not so good. And from the records that people have been keeping from Ibogaine stuff, it's usually from 40 to 60%. So, like, to me, that's it was a no-brainer. And it may not be for everybody. Maybe people need a 30-day rehab, and that's awesome. Whatever works for you works for you. But I know this worked for me, and I know that there are probably people out there who are like I was, who are like, I don't want to admit it to people, or I don't want to go to a 30-day, or I don't want to do this, and this is an option. Like, it may not be for everybody, but it's an option. Right. So... Yeah, that's my life. That's a lot. <laughs> so, if you people want to get a hold of Michael, Michael at KieferInkTesting.com. Yep. M-I-C-H-A-E-L at KieferInkTesting.com. If you want some guidance, if you want to just shoot the shit. Talk about you wanna toe juice. Yeah, talk yeah about you even want like a, uh, You uh, want him to give you a give reference you, to Yeah, give to me a place. reference or whatever. Like, Obviously, awesome. this, this, this podcast is worldwide. Um, so I'm sure there's Ibogaine it's treatments. It's not legal here in America, of course. It's right. legal in Canada and Mexico. It's That's the it. closest places. Anything yeah. in Europe? Yeah, in Europe, it's, it's there too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, you got to go across the border. I mean, there may be places here that do it in the United States, but it's really hush-hush. I don't know. But I know that... So Do you have the, maintenance treatment? They gave me like a maintenance dose or whatever. Like if I'm starting to feel a craving or whatever, like take this little bit. Trip out for a night, not like to the extent I was, but what do you? Oh, they actually give it to you. When yeah, you they leave? actually gave it to me when I left. Toad juice or the? Or uh, the no, the, not the toad juice. The root. The, the, the root. African. So root? like, I wish I'd I, give you a root. Make you better. <laughs> when I came back, the 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 like moment where I knew I was whatever we want to call it cured, um, or just didn't want pills anymore. So I had a neighbor two doors up, old man. He was had cancer. He was kind of on his way out, and I helped take care of him. So. I'll, when I got home, he messaged me, hey, can you come change my filter for my house for my and there's AC? shit everywhere, right? I literally walked in, and he's like, hey, can you get me my meds? Right. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I pick up this bottle, and it's opiates. And, right. like, didn't even have a thought of, like, ooh, Take that it. would be nice. Right. Like, I literally was like, that's, yeah, here's your shit, and I'm that's out. That's a great sign. That was the sign for me that I was like, wow, I really don't have a desire to do yeah. this. Because I know what it did to my life. It fucked my life. And I'm still fixing it with my wife and everything else. But it's on the up and up now. I... Look forward to riding again. Like I, I, I'm riding now, but like right. I look forward to riding. I want to ride. Like so for yeah. you out there, and another reason why I want to do this show too. If you're if you're a friend like me, and you see these things are happening, confront your friend. Sit down, talk with them. Tell them it's okay. Him or her, like, and they may not. They may not want it. They may tell right. you to fuck off. But you're at gonna, least they know you know. Or yes, you know. and then let them know that you're going to be there for them regardless, and they're not a piece of shit. And right. Things happen in life, and and it's it's just part of our journey as human beings. The older I get, I, I don't want to say I'm religious, but I, maybe I get a little bit more spiritual and, totally. and feel like what our life is meant to be on this earth. Yep. And there's certain things that I believe that I'm here to do. Yep. And I think some of that was taking care of my mom. You know, made the person who I am. Totally. 
Um, so, and I tell this to Heather all the time, if I wasn't in, in dirt bike industry, I would be in some form of, of healthcare to help, uh, special needs people. Right. Like for me, that hits my heart and that's mm-hmm. something that I would try to help right. do and, and try to make a living at because it makes me feel good. Well, and, and that's what I'm in the business for as a human being is to make myself feel good as people. well as others. You want to help people. And, and, I and helping people. others yeah. make you feel good. It's like you get a Christmas present. I'm that type of person. I don't want presents. I feel weird. Right. I like giving them. I know you do because you don't like when I give you presents. I fucking hate it. So, like, here's to go back. <laughs> the reason that you like my presents. The, <laughs> not earlier, she didn't. Yeah, uh, she didn't. The reason that we chose you and Heather Closet to be present. to be godparents to Oliver was, I don't know. If I told you this, but because of Aiden. So, like, the first time that Aiden, oh, I have an autistic neighbor named Logan. And my wife and I watch him sometimes, like, over the weekend or whatever. So you guys came down, and we were all hanging out. And immediately, Aiden took to the neighbor. He's, like, a couple years younger than Aiden. But, like, took to him, immediately was nice to him, playing with him, hanging with him. And I was, like, out out of nowhere. Like, I didn't say, hey, go go hang out with Logan, do whatever. Immediately, he took to him and was, like, giving him the attention and letting him feel like he's part of the group, like, not an outcast. And I was, like... They've done an amazing job with Aiden because I saw that. I'm like, that is, if Elise and I die, that is what I want for Oliver. So I'm like, you guys well, did such a good job with Aiden. I'm like, well, that's kind of a no, no question. Well, thank you for one. Number yes. two is, uh, again, because of my mom, I am the way I am, right. and I've, you know, Heather and I can sit here and tell you, like, I've instilled that in him since I was little. Right. You know, I'm sorry, since he was little. Right. Since you were little. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just un- unfortunately some things happen in, in in our world that leaves other people not as fortunate as yeah, as us totally. and that you shouldn't make them feel any different right um our our neighbor james he's a special guy right yeah. i went to school with james and yeah i heard you got in a fight huh well, i got in a fight yeah for james back in the day <laughs> i'm sure you guys heard the story before but like our neighbor is special and uh yeah back i didn't didn't realize at the time when we moved here, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, there were some people making fun of James, and I just got up and started beating the shit out of him, and I got suspended, and my mom yelled at the principal saying, fuck you, I don't give a shit, he can go ride now. <laughs> so, like, I've always had that in me because of my right. mom. Right. I'm still that Nate, and Heather's similar. So, uh, but regardless, people, if you have a problem, talk to some people, and if you can't, you need to find a way to try to make it happen because maybe you think it won't work and you're so far deep in the hole. And Trust me, you're not too deep. I there's so much suicide deep. in this world, mm-hmm. and, and, and I've watched my mom. You know, she was had multiple sclerosis. She was bedridden for, you know, shit most of my life, right? And she was one of the happiest people that I've known. So there is a way out. There is things that you can do to help yourself. Um, there's just so many things you can do and try. And to make your life better. I'm still feeling better every day. Like, I came back, and I felt decent. But, like, I'm feeling more like myself every day. And, I like, don't think that, like, oh, I'm so deep in it. There's no way out. There is a way out. Like There is. And I'm here to tell you there's a way out. And there is help out there. And people do want to help you. Like, this place that I went down, Experience Ibogain, they are legitimately, like, family now. Like, they saved my life. I've gone back down there since just to see them. And... They took them out to lunch, like whatever. They're just good human beings who want to help people. Right. They even told people like it's hard to believe because you think there's nothing like that 100%. out there. And you think it's it, a money it grab or correct. whatever. There's always an agenda, right? They even say like 
and, and I'm a big proponent of this. Like, if you don't want to get sober, whatever, it's not gonna work. Like, yeah, you gotta it, want it. You gotta want it. If you don't it's want like it, like that with anything in life. He said people go down there and you know, like their parents call. I, I need my son to come down here and get fixed. And he's like, does he want to get fixed? Because if he doesn't, it's I'm not, not gonna, gonna let work. you waste your money. Right. I'm not gonna have you waste your money because it's not gonna work. And this is he, just a tool. Yeah, to it's help a, you. exactly. It's a tool to get you to me over that over that hump of like, okay, now I can get back to getting my life back in order. Hmm. Heavy. So thanks, guys. Nice. So basically, uh, that's what our show, we're about an hour and 30 into this thing, and there's a journey with everybody. You have yours. If you want to tell it, uh, happy to Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, Michael at KieferInkTesting.com, and Heather didn't say much in this show, but if you're a lady, Heather at KieferInkTesting.com. <laughs> I'm just in here listening. If you're a wife that you have to deal with a husband that's an asshole and you want to talk to Heather, she yep. can probably she tell has, you about that. She knows that. about that, especially when she you She has an run. asshole for a husband. <laughs> no, I don't. You oh. have asshole moments. Asshole. What was that off of? So, yeah. Uh, meet the Fockers. Yeah. Asshole. So, thank you guys for not, no, thank you. not no, writing thank you. me off. Dude. Into we being would, a piece listen, of shit. I we know. If you were a piece of shit, you here's off. the deal. You'll if tell you were, me. If you were a piece of, piece of trash, <laughs> yeah. you would never have been a part That's of what we were doing yeah, yeah. to right. begin with. So, we would never even known your problem. Right. 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 So, hold on. Why were you scared to tell me? Because you're gnarly. You're gnarly. Right. We, I, we went, Here's the thing. We went Isn't somewhere. Isn't it funny how everyone looks at you and tells you that, and you have this shock look on your yeah, face like, like I don't understand it. But I've been telling you this for how many years? We went somewhere, and she saw, like, there was a dude on drugs or something, and she's like, look at that piece of shit. Right. And I was like, register that in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where it was, but it was something, and I was like, oh. Ask anybody about you. Stephen Pookie, Michael, <laughs> you are, the way you talk is gnarly. You're almost as bad as my wife. Yes. Almost. <laughs> and that's bad. <laughs> so, and here's the, here's the weird thing about me. About you? Yeah. Oh. I don't, I don't, see, when I look at you, I don't see that. I see who I was and fell in love with. I, right here. This is why this is on the damn thing. 17-year-old <laughs> Heather. I have a 17-year-old Heather <sighs> on my desk with a little rose because the innocent, I see that now. It's changed. <laughs> it's hardened. It's hardened. But. This is what I'm like I see. Magic shell, but, I hardened. <laughs> but you are gnarly, and and how we I mean, Heather and I have this conversation all the time. It's like your delivery is fucked. Yeah, my yeah yeah. Like it's yep. you're really like harsh. It's not like what if you I say. got a set of supercross suspension, I wouldn't row a desert race. That's what you are. It's not what you say. It's what people hear. It's you know what I mean. Like yeah. she could be like, "Fucking love you," but, but then she like, takes yeah. care of people. Oh, totally. But if yeah. you have a conversation yeah. with her, it's very harsh at times. Not not. In your face, it's just her delivery is really bad. And that's right. her dad. I said, there's a lot of her dad, and she hates this. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of her dad in her. Right. And I'm like, that's your dad. And she hates it when I say that. <laughs> I do. I do. I know. A lot. And and you need to go get some toe juice <laughs> to make you talk. I know, I know a guy. Let's get you some toe juice. I want to see what's inside of your brain. She is out. She's I would so love far to out. be with her if she went on a trip to see what's really inside of that. It'd be like exorcism. I just want to see it. Like, what's your? What are you tripping on right now? What What's your dream like? I'd be like right there. Like we're a shaman. I'd be the shaman. <laughs> the shaman. <laughs> Sober shaman. God knows what I'd say. Yeah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. And then, and then I never hear the end of it. <laughs> that's probably true. Ever. Shaman. Shaman Chris. Remember when you were on that trip and you said that shit? Remember that? I remember that. But I, my delivery would be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to the show. We don't do these types of show ever, so. It, um, let us know if you liked it. Hit me up. Hit Michael up. Heather. Yep. Um, it's not like I know. Look at. I don't not. I don't 
know a lot of people that have had this problem. So it's not like I'm going to get a bunch of people to talk in. It's not going to be a Joe Rogan experience in right. here. But it relates to dirt bikes. This is why we do it. Yep. The reasons why I left Dirt Rider and started my own business was to create fingers from what I felt needed to be said in yes. our industry. And to be yourself and because you weren't allowed to be yourself right. a dirt rider. Be myself. Help people. Yep. Not only with motorcycle stuff, but with life. Coffee with the Kiefer's, all these things that we do, stems from dirt bikes, and that's the root. But everything blossoms up into something different, but the root is motorcycles. Yep. So this is why we created what we created. How's that grab you, Heather? Grabs me. Does it? Yeah. That sounds, Does. See? Delivery sounds fucked. That <laughs> sounds sarcastic. It grabs me. <laughs> it, it grabs me. Yeah. Oh, my. You know. I'd love you. But do you? See? <laughs> See what I'm saying? People. Toe juice is what Toe Heather juice. needs. This is what I get from him. I wish you, I'll be like, I love you. And he's like, I wish you loved me more. I'm like. <laughs> I like Chris. I'm the same as Chris. I get, I lo- it. I just, I get it. Why can't a man wish that his wife loved him just a little bit yeah, more? Just feel wanted. Just, I just want a little bit more. What did I tell you the other day? It hurts my feelings when you say that because I love you so much. But what did I text you first? I said, you know what? I, and I In caps, I really love you. And I know sometimes I bust your balls and make fun, but I really, um, I love you. That's nice. That's sweet. And then what does she say? Fuck you. Hurts my feelings sometimes. (laughs) You tell me you want me to, like, speak. I know, but that's right. I'm glad. So, see, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Okay, now someone's going to email me and say, Chris, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, I got a psychiatrist want to talk to you. I wish I had a uh, wife like Heather. That's what I get a lot. I wish I had a Heather. You don't know everything. Like a Donna? Like a Donna. Donna's good. If you guys watch Suits, I'm on Suits right now. You watch Suits? Never seen it. That's good. It's really good. You don't have enough patience to watch a series. No. No. Uh, But I'm on Suits. Donna is amazing. Be more like Donna. Know me. I do know you. Get inside of me. I do know you. No, she she does know (sighs) you. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. They really do help us out. And thank you, advertisers. Uh, I know a lot of you listen to the show as well. And uh, we're uh, buckling down for Hurricane Hillary right now. It's not Tropical really. storm, Hillary. Now, by the time it hits us, it's not doing and anything. And we're bringing it on. It's it's not time yet. She's coming. Really. <laughs> we got about an inch and a half of rain so far. It's going to be tasty. Uh, You're leaving for no, the UK. We're going to be gone for about a week, so no show for a week. I'll be in uh, England for the World Vet Disnations. Oh, that's right. I'll be there. So, if we hope to see you guys at Fox Hill. Uh, this coming up weekend. Excited to do that, and then I will be gone for a week after that. So. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Busy times here. And then I feel tired. Feel tired. Feel tired. tired. Hope to see you guys soon at the track. Uh, Come say hi. Um, Bullshit with us. If you got questions, you know the avenues to get to me. And uh, we'll see you on the flip. See ya. Bye. Bye.